Haiku. Southern trees are scarred. Bizarre how the fruit still swings. The leaves are bleeding. We are the seed of strange fruit. Trading our ancestors' noose for a business suit. Validating our worth. Collecting college degrees. Paying with our time, our energy, and our creativity. Bound by the will of all that drives us. Putting our purpose aside for the sake of feeding our families. Survival of the fittest. Endurance of the relentless. Living paycheck to paycheck. Working our fingers to the bone. Building everyone else's businesses instead of our own. Adding fuel to the fire that consumes the God within. Carrying the torch of our heritage tattooed on the outside of our skin. Masking the black we wear to be more acceptable to society. Castrating our men. Cutting their beards. Their faces resembling more of a boy than that of a man. First to come, last to leave. Devoting our life to a business that couldn't care less if we eat or sleep. Using our strength to build empires we're not meant to coexist in. When it's time for a promotion, seniority or work ethics don't seem to mean a thing. Covering our naturally kinky crowns and helmets of bone straight perfection. Hiding our curves and oversized clothes because of someone else's perception. Neatly tucking away our blackness deep inside our heavily starched compliance. Turning the black we were on and off like a light switch. Cognitive dissonance. Sending our own into our neighborhoods to capitalize on the black dollar. Allowed to turn the black we were in for a measly $10 an hour. Make it home day after day, shedding corporate America's acceptance from our minds and our brains. Only when nestled safely inside our crime-filled ghettos, are we free to reveal the true beauty of our locks and afros. Free to look in the mirror and see the real me. Free to say what we think, no matter how harsh or how mean. Only thing is, it's our reflections we see, feeding ourselves the aggravations we feel as employees. Friday doesn't come soon enough Living life as an underdeveloped grown-up We're not allowed to show emotion Only as valuable as our thoughts are unspoken Covert racism flying like bullets do Striking every descendant bearing a hint of black and blue For every angry black woman For every big bad dude Raping our children of a legacy Dying with everything but generational wealth to leave Chained to the acceptance of our reality All because of the black we are wearing Haiku History has stopped Spoken Soul Sessions. You ready, my man? With Poetic Black. Ain't nothing holding me back but me and who's holding you but you but you. Check this out, man. Spoken Soul Sessions. Oh my God. This is Spoken Soul Sessions with Poetic Black. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Bold stances and looted dances got us here. You are listening to Spoken Soul Sessions with Poetic Black. We start from scratch. 
exploring new possibilities. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Spoken Soul Sessions. I'm your host, Poetic Black, and I'm happy to be here. Spoken Soul family, what's good? We got another dope show lined up for you guys today. I hope, I hope you're on your path today. I hope you're not allowing anyone or anything to impede your progress. I hope you focus on the goal. Today is the day we shine. I need you to get in tune. Walk with me. We're here. Spoken Soul Family was good, was good. It's so good to be back in the studio. We setting off a brand new season of spoken soul sessions and uh you know you guys know how i do uh i'm always trying to bring you know i'm trying to introduce you to all of the wonderful talent that i you know that i have the opportunity you know to come encounter with and um our next guest is no exception no exception i'm talking about none other than Ebony the goddess The moon of Moss Point As she's locally esteemed Used a pen and pad To expose her heart Spreading the goddess experience To the world And leaving others in awe and transparency Aside from being a member Of the S2DM She's also a member of the 2020 Podcast LLC Of Mobile Alabama Mobile Alabama Ebony the goddess has made her debut after witnessing the goddess energy of Mobile Alabama, Alabama's prodigal daughter, Lady Tess. Seeing the poetic powerhouse that Tess is evoked something within the goddess to dig deeper, finding her voice and birthing her album entitled Ebony Speaks. It was done in dedication of the late Lady Tess and the lasting impression she has made on her. Ebony Speaks was produced by Halo City Entertainment and available for purchase on Bandcamp.com. Also, it's on iTunes. It is also on Amazon. Uh, it's all over. It's all over. And um, you guys want to get in tune with this album. But without any further ado, I want to welcome to the Spoken Soul Studio, the lovely, beautiful, dynamic Ebony the goddess. Hey, Queen, what's good with you? What's good? Really, really good. It's uh, still Sunday, thank the Lord, because mm. Mondays are so mundane. I'm not looking forward to that one. I feel you. I know Mondays, that's the drag for me. But I'm happy to have you in the studio. I wanted to do this interview with you for a long time. But as you know, you was a member or a competitor in the competition, the Grand Griot competition. I told you guys, my audience, I told you guys about this competition that uh, my company was throwing on Clubhouse. And um, 
it, it has been an amazing journey where we started with 27 poets and um ebony the goddess was one of the competitors and um one of the few female competitors and she i mean she did her thing in this competition she just recently got uh eliminated but throughout the competition man she has produced so many I mean, so many dope pieces, man. You guys got to go over on Clubhouse and check that out. I'm definitely going to bring, I'm going to do some type of compilation of that event on the podcast to get you guys acquainted with all these dope artists. But um, Ebony the Goddess, man, you're here, man. You're here in the in the studio. Uh, the one question that I ask all my, all my guests when they come on the show is a is a general question but i like to get the different answers from different poets because you know poets we think different so i'm gonna ask you ebony the goddess why poetry why spoken word for me it's a multi-layered question but um i can say when i started writing poetry there was an instant love for it um, I started maybe junior high, you know, when they start introducing it in English. Um, and I guess it kind of just took off from there. But the catalyst was I got so engulfed into it. I was so vulnerable to the page that I wrote everything, how I felt about everything. And my mom started to find things mm. that I wrote about and didn't understand it. And that ridicule that I got from her and, and the way she kind of judged me based on what I wrote about and also violating my privacy, mm. you know, um, made me stop writing. And I stopped mm. writing for years. I want to say I was maybe in like ninth or 10th grade when I stopped. And then I picked it back up when I was in this abusive relationship and I kind of just kept it to myself because I still was worried about what other people th uh, thought. And I started to kind of share it at work. And from there, somebody invited me to an open mic, first open mic in 2018. And I was like, okay, we're going to try this. You know, the vibes was good in there. Everybody seemed to like what everybody else was doing. So I was like, okay, let me give it a try. And um, I was hooked. But I thought that, you know, it would just be like a monthly thing. Until I saw Lady Tess. Mm. Something about Lady Tess performance touched me in so many ways and made me realize I want to do that. And mm. I want to give people the same feeling that she gave me. Okay. If I don't give them that feeling, then I don't want to do this. You know what I'm saying? Mm. But it was, she did every type of poem possible. She did a funny poem. She did a sad poem. She did a, must, a domestic violence poem. She did a Chubby Chases poem. Everything that embodied who I was at that time that I, I needed to release, that's what she gave me. Mm. And it's like, I remember talking to her backstage and I was just being so timid and things. And just hearing her talk about so many things and just speak so much wisdom, it was like, yo, like this, I want to do this, <laughs> you know? And I remember there was um, something she said so profound. She corrected a quote for me. The quote that we use, blood is thicker than water. The actual quote is, 
The blood of the covenant is thicker than the waters of the womb. Mm. When she corrected that quote, I went home and I just kept thinking about it. I couldn't let it like something in my spirit just wouldn't let it go. And I just started writing. Mm. And the poem that's been my most vulnerable piece and possibly my second most requested piece is Dear Mama. She birthed that poem mm. with that quote. And that I it, wrote it, that 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 was a, that, that was amazing that because I was going through I, I heard that on your track and, and you guys definitely go out and listen to this project Ebony speaks I mean it's profound it's so many different levels it's 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 prolific it's erotic it's you know it's it's just sultry it's I mean it, it got everything it me it checks all the boxes so y'all definitely want to go check that out it's streaming everywhere it's on iTunes it's on Bandcamp and it's on uh Amazon Prime so you guys go check that out now Amazon Music rather but I wanted to ask you because I wanted to ask you about Lady Tess because I know she had so much of an impact on you as a writer as a poet and obviously as a person you know you guys were close so tell us a little bit about you know y your relationship with her and how she influenced you and how she had a such a great impact on your writing well that's another funny thing i've only seen her in poetry spaces in a total of four spaces mm. I started doing poetry in October of 2018. She died on my birthday in 2019. Mm, wow. So that was yearly, basically a year in between that time frame. The very last feature we had in my area, I remember giving her my flowers, redoing that poem for her. I messed up the poem. <laughs> <laughs> so I was kind of like, dang, dang, you know. But she was cheering me through like she Basically, you know, test energy. She was cheering me on like she was the only person in the room and I was performing to her. And after I finished the poem, I was, you know, kind of in my head just cussing myself out like, damn, man, damn. <laughs> <laughs> and she just gave me this hug. And it, that that was Tess. Everybody that I've heard talk about her since, same things. Everything that I'm saying, they say the same things. Mm. It's just something about her energy. And it's like, I don't know. It's like that mother meets sister meets auntie type of vibe all mm. together wrapped in one. You can you can definitely feel it. You can feel yeah. it through your album. You managed to really um, drive that sentiment home because I really felt I got emotional. I got emotional when you was talking about her and you got choked up and I found myself getting choked up. I was like, wow, man, um, her impact was so profound on you. And um it was it was amazing how you brought that forth through the album. You know, you really brought that sentiment and you really honored her with that because uh, I wanted to know more about Lady Tess and and who who was she? Who was she as an artist? You know, from listening to your adoration of her and that was profound. You know, and uh, you said she died on your birthday, Christmas Eve, twenty nineteen. Wow. Wow. I remember I hate my birthday. I'm always real depressed around my birthday. I remember laying in bed, just feeling so lonely, watching movies and stuff. And I just seen somebody put that she had transitioned. I just, I just started bawling. Mm. I was like, yo, like how could this be? Cause she had maybe like the month prior just told me she wanted to work with me on my stage presence. Mm. And I remember telling her like, I didn't think that, you know, my pen was good enough. Um, 
if you know the slam team Jesus with Asia Sampson mm-hmm. Asia Sampson um Catalyst uh who else is in that slam team um from Pensacola I can't remember the name of the slam team right now but she was a part of that slam team mm. and she was telling me that they had two alternate positions coming up they had like um auditions mm-hmm. and I was supposed to go but every time I tried to work with her our schedule was conflicted so I was kind of too scared to go and then after she passed I was like dang I can't even mm. you know can't even work with her period like she really wanted to work and I was like oh my god and it just it just really hurt but I really feel like she's still here metaphysically doing something you know mm. um, I really felt it when I did that Simone piece Mm. That that piece was powerful. It was powerful. Um, you really summoned he, and it was interesting that you chose Nina Simone as the revolutionary because After she you was, heard the album. You you got it. Though, yes, right? definitely. Yeah, she because she she was definitely a revolutionary. I was I was hip to Nina Simone like the different things she, that she would do in protest. You know, throughout her career, she got banned in the U.S. They wouldn't let her come back over here. And um, she fought for, you know, us black people. And it, it resonated in her music. And she was just crying out against the injustices. So she was definitely a revolutionary. And um, I thought that was really dope that you chose her. And the song, when you, oh, man, that song, man, that... I wrote this song and I'm like, how did y'all not know that was Nina? Yeah, that's Simone? Nina Simone. That's Nina Simone. <laughs> that's Nina. I was like, wow, man. Um, you 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 really killed it. You pinned it because Nina was she was a little abstract. She was a little abstract in her in her approach to music, but it was just raw, it was guttural, it was like ah, and you caught every sentiment of Nina, man. And um, you killed yo know, that week, you killed you killed. That week right there, Queen, you killed, man. And um, that was powerful. But I see that in you, you got a you got a mixture of of a lot of different angles you can take in your spoken word. You're not just a one-trick pony, you know. Like I've heard you do prolific pieces. Uh the piece that I decided to open the show with um today was uh The Black We Wear. Is that the the, the title, The Black We Wear? Yes. And um I was listening because you got a couple of tracks on there that uh that I really dig. I really dig. And um I dig a track, I listen to it about 10, 12 times in a row, like on repeat. You know, I'll just put it on, you know, repeat and just listen to it. And Sweet Dreams uh was was that poem for me. Sweet Dreams, like it put me in the zone. And then Good Girls put me in the zone too. Like those beats and and they coming right after one another. I'm like, Yo, this because I had to go back. I said, yo, these beats, they put me in the same type of vibe. And I was like, they're two total different beats. But but whoever did your beats, uh, your I production. Those, I handpicked all of those beats. Yeah, you I did an excellent I, job. I wanted to see what type of vibe I wanted. I'm, I'm really particular, and I used to be in the band. So I don't trust people to be like, oh, you should try this beat. You should try. Nah, mm. I know what I want for my album. I know what type of vibe. As soon as I heard the Nina's Simone one, the one that you played first, mm-hmm. as soon as I heard that beat, I said, that's it. 
Yeah. I just wanted something with the because I used to sing Strange Fruit at the beginning of that poem, mm-hmm. but I didn't want to sing for that one. Mm. So I was like, it was dope the I way mean? you mixed it in with the way you, the way they mixed that sample in. It was dope. You know, I did a I did a poem. Uh, it was a revival poem of the original poem. Um, it was written by Abel. Uh, I forget his last name. Abel something. Uh, he wrote that it was a Jewish man who wrote that poem. A lot of people don't know that. And Nina Simone was one of the few. She was one of the many artists, rather, who redid it. But that song, well, her stands out. yeah, it stands out. And that, but that song itself was an actual poem. It was a poem, word for word. It was a poem, and and they took it and turned it into a song. You know what I'm saying? But uh, it, it's phenomenal. It was a Jewish man that wrote that poem, and he was so. You know, he was a, uh, I forget his last name, but I remember his first name is Abel. And uh, he wrote that poem and it was talking about the the horrific, you know, the horrific imagery of a hanging when somebody got lynched. You know, how they would, you know, how the smell would linger in the air. You know, the, the strange fruit. You know, strange southern southern trees bear strange fruit, blood on the leaves, the blood, the blood on the roots. So that poem right there, uh a poet, you pray you probably know this poet, uh Ed Mabry. Ed Mabry. I do. You know Ed. Ed <laughs> Ed Mabry. Yeah, yeah. Ed Ed is a beast. And he said that, man. Sometimes we gotta reinvent poems in order so they can live on. You know, and that sentiment, you taking that sample and you building on that sentiment is a revival of that poem, man, and it's needed. That's why I chose that one to open up the show because uh, you got so many different levels, man. You know, I didn't want to pigeonhole you. They hear you do good girls and think, oh, this is another erotic poet. No, this sister got substance, man. She's not just an erotic poet. She has substance, man. And um, I honor you, man. But listen. We're going to have to, because uh, my, my audience will kill me, man. They'll hit me in the comments, emailing me, talking about you and let her spit. So uh, we got to, you know what I'm saying, we got to segue into, you know what I'm saying, you spitting. So what I'm going to do, I'll play a message from one of our sponsors and then set you up. And when we get back, you can, um, you can present your first piece to us. Hello, this is William S. Peters Sr., a.k.a. Just Bill from Inner Child Press International. First, I must say we at Inner Child Press are proud to support my brother, Daniel Green, a.k.a. Poetic Black, and his prolific, embracing, and informative program, Spoken Soul Sessions. As a publisher and now sponsor of the work Poetic Black does, we at Inner Child Press International offer to you his listeners, and all spoken word artists, writers, and poets, a 10% discount on all of our publishing packages and services. Please mention code SPOKENSOUL to take advantage of this offer while it lasts. You can contact us at InTouch at innerchildpress.com, and we hope to see your words in print very soon. We are Interchild Press International, building bridges of cultural understanding. That's www.interchildpress.com. Thank you. Coming to the stage, let's give a warm, warm welcome 
for our sister, Ebony, the goddess. was crowned in Africa, locked in with the natural essence of the motherland, twisted by the many talls and snares of this world. Two strands, hope unlocking her story, yet she denies them, despises them. As the captures that capture our liberty, squeezing hundreds onto a ship that wasn't even fit for breathing, her roots were drowning. Conditioned to believe that her natural beauty was non-existent. Unable to witness the radiance lying beyond this dreadful beast. The wig she weaved into braids. Severing the cord to source. Cut off from her homeland. Enriched with the cultural foundation of which she was born in. And they say, time to go back home. She's going back home. Transitioning to the place where euphoria ran deep, allowing her roots to finally breathe again, longing to be set free again, to sway within the African breeze, fed rays of sunbeams, moisturized by the waters of the Nile, waiting to be released back into the wild. Her mane shall no longer be tamed. Every follicle harboring whispers of her forefather's name, she suddenly hears the drums of the cup. Finding minds that bear blood diamonds of Sierra Leone as if she'd never seen it before. Those, her soul is crying. Dead in the traumatic experiences of permed in slowly dying, scabs deploying troops in to defend its presence, covering up the genocide that wiped out our nation. She's reclaiming what's rightfully hers, returning to the style of her soil, amazed by the royalty in her kinks and coils. They symbolize her majesty, restoring the elasticity of her queendom, entangled within the 1.3 billion that inhabit her texture, protecting her connection to these patterns cutting extensions from her antennas she ain't the problem rather the answer formation of her ancestors her naps are the square root of life and they are calling out and they say baby welcome home <laughs> Wow, you get another bomb for that, man. Another bomb, man. You get another bomb for that. Oh, my goodness, man. That's what I'm talking about, man. And uh, that energy, man. I love the way you took that piece. You started off slow, man, and you just brought us up. You just, you just took us there like a sermon. Tell us about this piece. What inspired this piece? Hair. <laughs> mm, hair. Talk about so, it. I'm only, I locked back in... What year is it? It's been a year and a half. Mm. So I think it was November 2021, the day before Thanksgiving. I finally decided to lock up. Um, I had already been natural about 10 years, but it just seemed like my hair wasn't growing at the length or let me say retaining the length <laughs> as much as I thought it should. Mm. So I wanted to try something different. Um, I love natural hair, period. But it was just something about locks. And I just, for years, went back and forth with this idea of trying to figure out, you know, who I wanted to be. And one day I was like, yo, the goddess needs locks. Mm. 
know? <laughs> <laughs> they they so fit you. They was, definitely fit you. They they definitely fit you, man. And it's something beautiful about locks anyway, man. Exactly. And natural that, you know, this is the way our hair grow. And um, it's beautiful, man. It's all types of black beauty or beauty in black hair, man. And it's crazy in our society today, black women got to go through so much shit about their hair. You know exactly. what I'm saying? Especially you gotta go in the so workplace. Much. Exactly, man. So and I think that's another part of that point. Mm. Although I'm using references about, you know, what happened to black people, I'm also kind of titioning against the whole workplace thing with mm. love. Indeed. Um I'll tell you what inspired that piece. Mm. I was watching what's the name of those? You know, the interviews from like the early 80s, I mean, late 80s, early 90s. What was his name? Phil? Who, Phil Phil? Donahue? Donahue? Yes, Donahue. All right. So there was an episode of, it was like maybe five or six people talking about passing. Mm. And there was this one lady talking about how when she was a little girl, her whole family was passing. And her mom would tell her, you know, you can't go outside because, you know, your your hair is going to kink up, you know. So it was a lot of stuff that she couldn't do because she had to keep it straight. Wow. And she would say that whenever it started to kink up, especially in the summer, she would tell her, Oh baby, your hair is going home. We gotta, we gotta straighten it tonight. Wow. So that going home phrase, I was like, yo, mm. that's, that's a poem. That's crazy. <laughs> I could do something with that. That's crazy. So the title of that piece is going home. Mm, that's crazy. I love the way I love the parallel you drew with that. That's crazy, man. Because it was I remember me, you know, that nostalgic feeling of being in the house, my cousins and them, they getting their hair done. It was something about mm-hmm. that smell of burning hair. That's culture. Black people know what that smell like. You know what I'm saying? It's just like we just yeah. have that culture that nobody else can identify with. Like when we get together, we know what TCB and and that okay. hair grease or that blue magic. That yeah, yeah. We don't we know what it smelled like. And it's that smell, it's a nostalgic smell. But I remember from back then how it was always a, a real effort to make sure your hair had to be straight or it had yep. to be kept a certain way. And that's not the way our hair grow. Our hair grow differently. And uh, we got to yeah. recognize the beauty that we have in us, man, the beauty that we and we possess. Exactly. I was going to say, too, me living in Mississippi, we're just now coming into mm. the natural mindset. Mm. So my mom, my aunties, all of them still go to the hairdresser every week. They have to have the body wrap or the, you know, sometimes they get the French rolls. They still mm. get all that stuff. Wow. So they look at me and they're like, oh, when you going to get your hair done, baby? And I'm like, <laughs> I don't have to get my hair done like y'all. <laughs> exactly. You know, that, yo, that's crazy, though. But Mississippi, how is that? How is living in Mississippi? Mm. We got, we got, everybody got different perceptions of what it's like to be in the south like i'm familiar with the south my people's from alabama you know what i'm saying so okay. i've been to alabama before you know what i'm saying and uh i've i've lived not lived down there but i've been down there for a summer you know what i'm saying and uh i've seen how things work down there and me being from new york when when i went down there it was like it was noticeable and it was always yeah. like, yo, y'all gotta be, y'all gotta tone it down. Y'all, y'all can't be acting like y'all act in New York because it's different down here. And it was always like a, you know, 
yes ma'am and no sir and and all that so it was real big on that and i didn't understand that as a kid growing up but the the situation was just different in the south so you was yeah. born and raised in mississippi yep that's, born and raised Moss point mississippi that's why i live now wow that's 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 amazing man so how was life in mississippi like what it, what was what was your poetry how did it affect your poetry living in a place that's been historically renowned for racism and things of that nature. So how was how, how did that affect your poetry? I never thought about it till you just said it, but I think that's the driving force for me having this responsibility for my people. Mm. If that makes sense. Um if you've noticed from all of my poems, I think the main three things that that carry through all of my poems is of course some type of black centric or mm-hmm. uh, black community and women empowerment. Those Indeed. are probably the two main themes that go throughout most of my, my work. Indeed. It resonates. Uh, you always talking about, you know, women empowerment and um, the power that women possess. And I think is needed. I think is needed. You, you speak about a lot of uh, issues dealing with the black man as well. I heard you mm-hmm. uh, spit a few pieces honoring the black man and I'm um, letting them know that, uh, you know what I'm saying? It's okay. It's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay. And you understand it. So all those poems are necessary. It's necessary. Yeah. It's necessary to keep that connection between us alive because I don't know if you notice it, but I damn sure notice it that it's, it looked like it's a, it's a conservative ethic to like a concerted effort to like to to pretty much keep us apart to keep yeah. you know what I'm saying it seems like oh you know we always finding ways to divide ourselves you know what I'm saying always finding a way I think Chris Rock said it in the comedy um skit when he was like you know you know when you chasing love he said when you chasing love is 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 Two things that never meet at the same time. He said, you know what? You know, you may be rich. She may be poor. You know what I'm saying? He's like, he may be a black man. You may be a black woman. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, that didn't make, then I said, ah, I get it. You know what I mean? They, they trying to keep us apart. And um, poems yeah. like that, you know, when we speak, when we speak to things like that, you know, it inspires people and it makes people aware. So shout out to you for that, Queen, for real, for real. So listen. I'm glad you even missed um, that piece because a lot of people don't even know my advocacy for black men came from me being a mother of two black boys. Mm, that's right. Talk that's about what it. inspired that piece. Mm. And, I, and that is a beautiful piece because I remember listening to it and um, I felt it. I really felt it as a black man, you know, coming from a black woman. You know, those words, it resonated with me, and I really felt yeah. them. So um, it's a service you're doing, Queen. It's, it's really a service you're doing. And um, these poems right here, that's what poetry is. Poetry is to, to basically, you know, uh, make people aware. You know, reflect the times. Was that was it? Wasn't it you that put that in your poem? You said, "Yeah, yeah that Nina, Nina Simone, Simone that Nina Simone joint." Because that's all. Yeah, I just, I just knew. Soon as you said what the the topic was, 
But oh, needed some more all day. <laughs> yeah, that was that was dope, man. To reflect the times, and that's the sentiment that we all, as artists, that we should drive and aspire to. Now, you that was kind of me fighting against what was going on in the competition, though. Mm. The, the negative side. The of negative it. side. Because people forgot what we're here for. It's not just the competition, mm-hmm. but it's also to do work. You know, that's right. You have to be of service. That's if right. If your poetry is not serving a purpose, then what is it here for? That's right. Why are you wasting your energy into that? And yo, you see, you you approach it differently. I can tell. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm a slammer. You know, I got my bones in slamming. You know, and um, I can tell that you're a slammer as well. You got 20 poems committed to memory. That, you know what I'm saying? That's that's accurate. Have, have that many pieces committed to memory ready to go at any given time that's slam culture yeah that's slam (laughs) culture right there and um that's another thing that i really appreciate about your work that you always go the extra mile and even when i'm listening to you on clubhouse i know you're performing i know you're performing and not just reading and that nuance is is very you know it's very noticeable in some writers and some and some poets in their performance that you can hear the reading you can hear it, but when you have that poem to memory, when you commit it to memory and you don't need that paper, you can add more. You can give more of yourself to that that, exactly. that performance. So that's why it it's leagues away from me. Like it, It's leagues when you can see a person performing a piece and then you hear a person reading a piece and you'd be like, wow, man, you can hear the difference. And I always notice that about your work. That you always perform. You never come and I'm gonna just read this piece for you guys. Nah, you're gonna perform that piece, and um, that's the difference. And it shows in your album, the professionalism in your album, the the work ethic that's in your album. It's amazing, you know. I'm like, I was like, I'm flabbergasted. I, I didn't really, you know, I'm about to do the interview with you, and I, I go on Amazon. I'm like, let me check to see if Ebony joined us on Amazon. I know she said it's on Bandcamp. And the joint popped up, and I'm and I'm listening to this joint. I'm like, yo, this production is dope. The content is dope, and your placement of the of the tracks, like I really like mm-hmm. the placement of the tracks and the way they they complement each other going into the next track. So you can tell it was a lot of work ethic put in this album, man. And uh, I really want these guys to go out there and get that, man. Go stream it if you if you got Amazon um, Amazon Music or you know iTunes. Check out Ebony the Goddess. You spell the T H A T H A T H A the Goddess, and go check her out. You will not be. <laughs> you will not be disappointed. I guarantee that. But let's get back into another piece, man. Come on, bless the people with another piece. Let me set the stage up for you. Coming back to the stage. Let's give a warm, warm welcome for our sister, Ebony, the goddess. Tell me about your day. Tell me how many times you had to suppress your emotions. How you have to bait your masculinity daily just to ensure that you make it home to me. Make sure that we be able to make ends meet how, how so much through your frustrations that you have no smiles left to me. It's like soul can't breathe. Forever dying for affection from a woman that only knows how 
fire from your ass. Brought into this world living day day, had to be taken out. Never knowing when Uncle Sam will pay mama's debt for everything deferred. Building a ball of rage in the pit of your stomach the same size as your daddy. Having to be twice the man of a nigga that wasn't even fit to be father. No space vacant to unpack the trauma. Unafforded the opportunity to be sick and tired. All while serving the second food your mama forced you to finish at dinner time. I see you, that neck. Battered and bruised from the mother's lack of support. Lack of appreciation. Lack of love. Dehydrated from emotions you were conditioned to suck up. Pressing your need to be held for the appearance of madness, conserving your sweet pieces and tender touch for your offspring, guarded by women who never really saw you, really blinded by money, that is security. The stereotypical attributes of what a real man is was created by women who don't desire a man to lead, supreme in their own toxic masculinity. But this poem is for every brother that works the job he hates to answer his call of duty only to find solace in video games, an alternate reality where he takes his rightful place as God, see, white collars, unlike nooses, were created with black next to mine. So we're changing them black. Born in a struggle engorged by systemic oppression, cutting a cord wrapped around the neck blackness time, suffocating our respect for you, birthing a new way of seeing you, finally acknowledging the God that resides within you, the power your stride exudes, catches the eye of everyone you pass by, viewed as sex symbols, only to be reviewed in black bags, wearing diamonds and gold, resembling the riches that were stolen, bronze skin beaming the white of the world from your ebony eyes, black man, you are divine. The woolly locks they dread are merely follicles, radiating with spirit to antennas to higher consciousness. Naughty boy, we eat up your fresh cornrows. Much like God's son, you are the center of our solar system. The flame of fire shining bright in a world that views your illumination as expendable. And to think we've allowed our black men to feel that masculinity and vulnerability are mutually exclusive. Oh, Tell me your deepest, darkest. How you long to be a better man than your father. How you feel enslaved by our expectations of what a man has to be. Black man, you are allowed to cry. Black man, Ebony's speak. Ebony's listening. Speak. Wow. Wow, man. Another bomb, man, for that, man. Another bomb for that, man. Wow. That piece right there, man. Ah, oh, that piece is like, it's like an ode. It's like an ode. And um, it's felt, it's received. Um, We need to hear that, you know? A lot of times, you know, black black men in particular, black men, we suffer in silence. You know, a lot of things we're expected to just keep quiet about and we're not expected to show emotions. And when we do show emotions, it's like, ah, you being soft or you, you know, you're being other than and it's an attack on his masculinity. But 
Exactly. We feel we feel things too. And uh, when you have a woman, that's the beauty when they say you find a wife, you find a good thing. Because if you can find a woman that can pour into you and you can pour into her, you know, you can create that that love, that synergy, you know, that's needed. We need to do this together, you know, like this fake manufactured beef between the black man and the black woman is nonsense. We ain't got no beef with each other. You know what I'm saying? This is a manufactured beef. And it's um it's through the guise of these new terminologies they put out there, the toxic masculinity, the this and the that. And the, they blur the they blur the lines to the point where we can't differentiate what's good, what's bad. You know, everything that you know that is deemed to be bad is not actually a bad thing. And vice versa mm-hmm. at times, you know, so that poem right there, man, it gives it gives black men the license to say that, you know, our women do appreciate us. And our women, they are thinking about us. They are, you know, they are concerned about our well-being, you know, and our exactly. emotional state. Every woman is not the same, but that's how they paint black women. They paint black women, oh, black women are money hungry. That's all they care about. They want to, you, if you ain't got no money, you can't get with them and, th- and things of that nature. And, uh... They try to paint this picture, and and it's not true. And that poem right there is the evidence. And um, I applaud you for that poem, sister. Because it's, it's powerful. It's powerful. Yeah, that poem is gonna be the centerpiece for my next album. Mm. The first one was Ebony Speaks. So that first, I think it's the first poem on the album, is Ebony Speaks. Mm. This is gonna be Existence. Is the next album going to be the centerpiece of that album. Dope, dope. And I love the I love the elevation of the albums, you know, you taking it from one one stage to the next. And that's dope. That's that the balance. You know what I'm saying? When I did my first album, it was called The Ink of a Poet. You know what I'm saying? And then the third the second album was The Pen of the Poet, and then it was going to end the trilogy with the uh the page of a poet you know what i'm saying so mm. going through all those different aspects of the poet and um i like i like that ebony you know ebony speaks and then ebony listens it shows the duality it shows the balance it shows you know that oh i'm not just talking i'm i'm able to listen to and i'm listen able to, to you know that's it and, that, that and that's right beautiful <laughs> yeah that's beautiful that's beautiful cuz that's another trope that black women don't listen they don't listen nah exactly. that's another trope now, i listen too so you know what i'm saying that's a that's a beautiful look so let me ask you let me ask you because i i was i was really enthused by this track i was really enthused by this track like really and i'm i'm urging you Uh-oh. guys to particularly listen to the it's two tracks i want you to listen to but this track it kind of it took me somewhere sweet dreams sweet dreams sweet dreams tell me about sweet dreams what inspired sweet dreams you know uh the beat that you chose for that was sick and uh like tell us about that what what inspired that joint it's funny you asked it because that one wasn't supposed to be on the album <laughs> mm, wouldn't that been a shame that's crazy <laughs> so like you said in the beginning i wanted my album to be different pieces i didn't mm. want everything to be angry black woman you know vulnerable black woman victim black woman. Mm. i wanted it to be all of it so mm. a little love a little erotic a little self-love everything mm. so I realized I didn't have anything dealing with love. There was a poem I was going to put on there called Real Love, 
but it talks about my domestic violence situation. Mm. And I was like, nah, I already talked about that on there. So mm. we, we don't need that. So I needed something else. I wrote that poem for Love Show, but mm. I never performed it. Wow. And I didn't really gravitate toward the poem for real. Just being honest with you. <laughs> Yo, that joint bang. <laughs> that joint bang. <laughs> that joint but bang. I, <laughs> I wanted to put my all into it because I felt like if I just treated it how I felt about it, then it wouldn't hit. Mm. So I still wanted to put a different aspect on it. So you you can even talk, tell from the tone in my voice. People tell me that all the time. That track in particular was a different type of vulnerability than everything else on the poem. I mean, mm. on the album. I agree. I definitely and, um, agree. It was actually inspired. The piece was inspired from the person I was talking to at the time. Mm, well, he must have had an, so, an impact on you, cause that that well, that that poem right there, man, it got me in my feelings. I was like, "Yo, <laughs> this the is dope." The beginning of the poem was just talking about how I felt about love. I just, mm. I kind of shipped out. I was just, I was just at a point where I was like, "Fuck love." Dang, I'm gonna tell my business. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, fuck love. But I was like, when I need some attention, I know where to go get it. Mm. And then it was like me and his friendship kind of slowly grew into something more. And it wasn't that I felt like it was love at that point. I just felt like it was the possibility of love. Mm. You know? The potential and, of uh, it. Sometimes, mm. yeah. Sometimes that's all you really need to really have that mental shift to get back into the love phase. And I think after somewhere between seven to eight years of being single, mm. I was finally at a place where I was like, okay, love may be something I want again, mm. you know? And that's what he did for me. That's where that poem was birthed from. Mm. And he also was a widow. Wow. So it was like both of us having that exchange. We were doing that for each other. The possibility Indeed. of love after heartbreak. Indeed. That was and, and that's see the universe got a way of doing things, man. And um it's not just for naught or things just don't happen just to just happen. You know, it's a purpose yeah. behind things. And sometimes we don't see the wisdom behind it, you know, right off. But as time progressed, we can see the wisdom. And uh, it was necessary because that poem is inspiring, man. I felt that. I felt the vulnerability in that piece, but I felt that potential of love. And I'm a love buff. You know, I believe in love. I'm one of those people who believe in love. And, you know, that that poem, it kind of signified that. It kind of like, you know, like, yeah, this is people feel the same way I feel. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and it's, it was deep. It was profound. Yeah, I definitely gotta go check that joint out when the beat hit it's it takes you it takes you mm -hmm. like as soon as the beat come on it just it just mellows you out and it just it just tunes you in you're like okay i'm here now like where we going with this i'm here like take me take me where you gonna take me you got me i bought my <laughs> ticket now now when i'm coming in and you're gonna take me on this ride but yeah profound queen profound man i mean this album I'm I'm really anticipating on the next one. Ebony listens, you know. Oh, I'm working on it now. Yeah, this this <laughs> this this album was was pristine. The production of it, everything, man. Um, 
And for you to say that you put it together yourself, you went and picked the beats, and, you know, uh, it says a lot. It says a lot. Now, let me ask you, how is your performance career? How do you do on live performances? Do you travel a lot? Yes. Um, I had a show last night, but it was with my troupe. Mm. I'm a part of Black on Black Time, the Step to, not, step to the Mic chapter mm. in Mobile, Alabama. And... um. I've been to Louisiana, of course, Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, Florida. I got a show Thursday in Florida, in Pensacola. Mm. Uh, Cities-wise, I've been to quite a few places. Oh, that's but beautiful. But I'm trying to expand. My goal every year is to hit two at, at least two new states. Mm. That's so, a good, that's that's the goal to have too, and that's how that's how it progresses. Have you hit New York yet? No. I've been invited to stuff, but they thought that I lived there. People always think I live other places. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know what it is about me, but I've gotten invited to New York a couple times by an artist. I was invited to Atlanta quite a few times. Like I get stuff weekly from Atlanta. I'm like, I don't live here though. Mm, I so, feel you. Um, New York is one of those bucket lists, though. You gotta hit New York. You gotta, you gotta touch down at the New York at least. It's like it's like the Apollo for poets. You know, if you ever get in New York and you a spoken word artist, you want to touch that stage. That t- that stage right there is surreal. I mean, you wouldn't believe the energy that's in that building. It's a lot of history. Yeah. When I tell you that the line be around the corner. Let me paint a picture for you about the New York real quick. When you go to the New you know York, I got a small town mentality. Yeah, yeah. When you when you go to the New York, when you go to the New York and you sign up for the open mic, at least years ago when I used to go, you sign up for the open mic, and uh, the line is around the corner. It's an open mm-hmm. mic, and they do a slam with this open mic. They do a little slam, and you know what you mm-hmm. win? You know what you win in this slam? What? You know what the prize, the grand prize is? What's the price? $8. Eight? Eight dollars. $8. If you win, $8. So you got enough money to get a, a, a Metro card back to where you came from. But that $8, Not when I tell I you, <laughs> when I tell you that $8 means more, it means more. That $8 means because more. Because of the exposure. Because of the exposure, because of the, mm-hmm. the legacy in that building. It's a legacy yeah. in that building. And so many great artists has touched that stage. You know, just to be recognized as a winner, a, a, a champion on that stage is, is, is a testament. So it has a lot of rich history there. So poets who come from all over the world, you know, they know about the New Yorican. So when you come to New York, you know what I'm saying? You got an ambassador. Black is in New York. I'm in Brooklyn. You know what I'm saying? So, so, you know, I mean? you got an ambassador. One of my mentors be up there. Yeah, you you got you got a lane to come in. I know Huggy Bear the poet. Huggy, I know he's been on this stage. Huggy Bear the poet. I I know that name. I don't know him personally, but I definitely know that pseudonym. I know that name. I know that yeah. name. Yeah, he's from Mobile too. Mm, yeah, I know that. I'm trying to think because uh, I I know that name. I haven't. I don't know him personally, but that name. I know that name. Huggy Bear. Yeah. I know that name. But yeah, man. So uh, you ever come to New York? 
you know you got you got somebody that is in in wide that can you know what I'm saying show you where it's at you know what I'm saying this is where it's at and hopefully in the future we can get you to come out and do something for the Grand Grio live you know what I mean get you out there yeah okay. it's about to go down we we about to take New York over and um we want to bring this experience to NYC so perhaps we can get you out there fly you out and uh you can perform you know what I mean so uh, definitely I'm with it you know. <laughs> So, yeah, man, I mean, you got big things going on, Queen. I mean, this album is dope. You just was in this competition. Uh, you displayed, I don't know, like so much range in the pieces you chose. But there's one piece, and I know you get tired. I know you get tired and tired of people asking for this particular piece. I know, I know, I know how it is. I got some pieces like that. Like, every time they see you, let me get that piece. And and those pieces are so draining. They're so, you know, emotionally draining. But I got to ask you, at any time, I mean, this this is the time to do it. You know what I'm saying? Where so many okay. people can listen and hear Cause I witnessed this live, man. I've witnessed her perform this, and um, it touched me. Everybody know how close I am to my grandmother, but Grandma's hands, man. Grandma's hand. I mean, Bill Withers will be will be proud of you. What you did in the rendition of this piece right here. Um, I would love for you, you know, for your final piece because I said four pieces, but this piece is like about three pieces. This is like a. Right. It's like worth three pieces. So I know it's draining and I know you got to really conjure to get to get to that, you know, that level of performance that you're usually, you know, performing this piece. So I'm going to ask this to be your last piece. So okay. and if you're ready now, I can set the stage up for you now. Well, if you need a minute, we can, you know what I'm saying? We can play some something from our sponsors and uh, we can oh, get no, you. You can play the sponsor, but I'm good. All right. All right. So that's what we'll do. We'll, we'll play something from our sponsors. Hold on. <laughs> nope. Not that one. And now, two cents with written in pain. Cohabitation. Fellas, there's some truths that we got to deal with, right? I mean, so you meet her, right? She's fucking hot. Face like bling, body like pal, bootay like hello. And she's into you and you into her. and it's, 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 The whole relationship is like a music soul child album. So you like, I can't be without this woman. I'm going to wake up and see her shoes next to my shoes. I don't want her shoes nowhere else, but next to mine. And she, you know what happened? She wants her shoes next to your shoes too. And you guys move in and whoo, whoo. Do you remember, fellas? Do you remember spontaneous professionals in the shower? Waking up to bootay. You ain't even brush your teeth. You ain't even brush your teeth, Bootay. Remember she used to wear that little thing for you? And I used to walk by and used to go, mm, come here, girl. And she used to come. Hold on. When you used to say, come here, girl, she would come. So what happens? Want to start a family? Pop out a few mini-me's? Pop out a few more? 
But somewhere along the way, man, the vagina's on yield. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? Is it just me? The vagina's on yield. This thing's slower than a turtle carrying luggage. And I mean, you're having conversations about it. But it's minimized because there's bigger fish to fry. We got kids to raise. We got bills to pay. Ain't nobody think about your penis. But what happens? When did your penis not become this, 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 this thing to be admired, to be caressed, held, kissed even? Now it's just looked at as a baby-making, death-destroyer, life-changing tool of mass destruction. And you're every horny hard-on against her thigh. All she hears is, mommy. And that thing turned to the Sahara Desert. I'm making this because I had a summit with some of my brothers because I thought I stood alone. I thought I stood alone. I thought there was something wrong with me. I thought there was something wrong with her. I thought there was something wrong with our house. I had a summit with my brother. I had a correlation with my brothers. And I found out that vagina drying up all over the world. We need to stand up. You know, a long time ago, a million men got together in Washington, D.C. Right around the Washington Monument, which looks like a penis, and stood for justice. But I think it's time for us to come together again and stand for something else because we're standing. We're standing every morning. We're standing every night. And who cares? Who cares? Do they care? We got to embrace each other. Not in that way. But we got to hold each other down. We got to be able to have conversation with each other, brothers. We can't be shy about this. You need a shoulder to cry on. You need to be able to have your brother talk to you like, what's, what's wrong, man? I took a blue pill. And some of that stay up, honey, they got in the corner store with my last $10. I was ready. Smoked me a little horny goat weed. I was ready. She said tonight was going to be the night. I pre-gamed. I prepared. And she said she had a headache. So here at Spoken Soul Sessions, we are creating a hotline. It will be 1-800-888-SHIT-DRY. 1-800-888-SHIT-DRY. You can either request myself or Poetic Black, who I'm sure has his own queries about cohabitation. Brothers, we here for each other, even when she ain't here for you. Come to us, because we know you can't come to her. That's my two cents. <laughs> Coming to the stage. Let's give a warm, warm welcome for our sister, Ebony, the goddess.
It was as if anything she touched became instantly in love, and everybody loved my grandmother. She was the apple of our eye. It was her nature. And she used it to plant a garden of us. Seeds were even sown into her food. I mean, you could literally taste our family tree embedded within her pies. But her sweet potato pies, those were my favorite. And I remember her love was deeply rooted in God, careful to harvest the purest love for our Heavenly Father. And I remember that she had praying hands, right? How she'd use those hands to dig down in the dirt to God to protect the loved ones. I remember how she'd get down on bended knee and call her name daily. How she'd speak Psalm 23. The Lord, my shepherd, I shall not want. And I remember after she finished how she'd raise her hands to the heavens and shout, Thank you, Lord. Grandma's hands. Grandmother. Grandma's hands. Yeah. Tell her, she say, Baby, Grandma understands. That you really love that man, so selfish, and oh, good old day. Love, love's gonna own that. And somehow, every time I look down in my hands, I still see Mud's hands. For the same hands that prepare dinner every Sunday, has now prepared us to take. Me in the presence of my enemy. By every inch of my body that's embraced by her hands have seated me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Covered me as he restored my soul. Thou anointest my head with oil every night as her hands greased my scalp before bedtime. My cup runneth over from the faucet water that still hydrates my soul plus peace cup. She is my bridge of Love, safely leading me back to the hands of my Savior, my earthly connections to heaven's gates as he leaded me besides the waters. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadows of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff comfort me, for the layer of love she prayed for still resides within the soil. Love's gone on now. Somehow, God knew that of all the things she left behind, that it would be her hands that I needed most to find my way back to him, back to his hand, back to his love. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Grandma's hands used to hand me a piece of candy. Grandma's hands. Yeah. Oh, they really. Hey, Patty, don't you want 
Absolutely, absolutely phenomenal, man. That, uh, wow. That piece right there is a showstopper. That's a showstopper. I know it takes a lot of energy out of you. I know it takes a lot of energy, man, but, uh, wow. That piece right there, whew, powerful. You know, you got those pieces that last throughout time. You know, no matter when when you spit them, it don't matter. You know, they just age well. They don't age as far as, like, the content, the, the sentiment behind it. You know, it just get better with time, and, and, and that's that poem. That's one of them classics. That's like a Michael Jackson thriller right there. You know, one of them classics. That's like a Billie Jean right there, man. Grandma's hands is like a Billie Jean. You know what I mean? Uh, phenomenal, Ebony. Absolutely phenomenal. So, listen... This is this is the most saddest part of the show cuz we about to wrap it up. But but you know, I was you, you know, I was just I want people to uh really go out there and uh get your album. I want people to go out there and stream it. So, you know, I feel it's only right, you know, that uh I want to play one of the joints, one of my favorite joints on this album. You know, uh, <laughs> let me, I want to play this joint and uh, I want to get get people to get the vibe, man. Just get the vibe. So I'm going to play this joint right here before we before we come back and close out, man. Push you in the vibe. Let's get it. become dim as I wait the one seems farther away than forever and I merely continue to exist spirit longing to be whole one half waiting for these empty spaces to be filled with love overflowing completion but I've grown weary deferring love for the one doesn't keep me warm at night when I'm excited no one to hold on to, no one to turn to and shower in my affections. I am stuffed, filled with disappointments of past actions. About time I release, allowing all negativity to be transformed into liquid peace. So I call you, manifestation of the possibility of what love could be. Bathing in your admiration of the woman I should see When I look in the mirror You see how the lies have corrupted my thinking To see my wholeness as less than Fractured by the brokenness I tried to heal With the essence of womankind Tainted by souls captured in my well of being Swirling around, waiting to be flushed away Like the shit it is You 
or not Adam, nor am I Eve. Though we feel as if our connection sinned against God, we flee deeper into ourselves, leaking the pain of knowing this night will never last forever. Purify me with the loneliness our inner beings share in, in a place where lovers are known to escape in, engulfed in your arms, as you gently entice my spine with the greetings of your lips, tantalizing my language of love with all it's been missing, enjoying the sands of my pleasure, washing away the iniquity of undeserving lovers that inhabited my coast previously, rapid eruptions of gas repeatedly. It's like I never really took a breath, and this moment will never be born. We are merely swimming in a sea of ecstasy, created by a man and woman who never knew love would exist beyond our initial creation, simply enjoying the waves of our dreams. Absolutely phenomenal. Oh my good. That joint right there, man. Uh absolutely phenomenal, man. I, I don't know how that piece, I don't know how that piece that almost didn't make the album, man. I don't know how. Like that that means you must you must had a whole bunch of fire, you know what I'm saying, to choose from. If that piece only you know, like Mm. That was it though, man. That that one right there, that was it for me. Like that track really stuck it stuck out to me. It stuck out to me on, you know, when I listen to the album, I'm like, yo, this joint just grabs me. That little melody, it just it just grabs you. And then the what you're talking about, man, the potential of love and it's, it's, it's a dope ass album man A listen You can listen through that joint straight through You ain't gotta fast forward nothing You ain't gotta You know what I'm saying You'll definitely be rewinding some things But you ain't gotta skip nothing It's a it's a dope profound project man And go out there and support that man We gotta We gotta We gotta uh, category in the Grammys now You know what I'm saying And um, the poets that's out here doing it We gotta really support these poets man you know, we got a real category at the Grammys, uh, a chance for a lot of poets to get the recognition that they that they really deserve. So we got to support these albums, man. Go stream it, download it, do whatever you got to do. But listen to that. Put that in your playlist for real, for real. But uh, yeah, Ebony, man, tell the people, man, how can we support you? What can we do? Tell us about your businesses, what we what you got going on. I know you are a mother of two. You know, you a single mom and you you be doing it, man. You be out here, you be grinding and you be showing us how it's done. So tell the people how they can support you. How can they find you? So I am on Facebook. I have a business page entitled Ebony the Goddess and a group in Ebony the Goddess. E-B-O-N-Y-T-H-A-D-O-D-D-E-S-S. Mm. Also, I'm on Instagram, same name, all together, no spaces. 
I'm also on TikTok, Ebony the Goddess One, because TikTok be hating. They deleted my page, but they ain't have to do me like that. Um, <laughs> I'm also on Twitter, but I don't really be on there like that. You know what I'm saying? But if you go on my IG, you literally can click my link tree, and all of my stuff will pop up. I try to keep it updated with upcoming performances and appearances. So definitely just, you know, message me. I'm I'm not a hard person to talk to. But if I leave you on red, it's not personal. I just be busy. So mm. just let me know that I left you on red and I'll respond again. That's right. <laughs> she this is a busy woman, man. She out here doing the thing, man. And uh we love you over here, Ebony. Uh we support what you do. Um, you are a dynamic and a powerful artist, man. And uh I love the work that you produce. You know, you're the type of poet. You, I mean, we resonate on so many different levels of the of the type of poetry that we write. But uh, you got that passion, and um, it's it's noticeable. You know, you go the extra mile. You know, you go the extra mile. You memorize your pieces. You, you know, what I'm saying you add the extra layer of entertainment with it, and it's noticeable. And that's what makes you a professional. And um. It's a difference. So we appreciate you, Queen. And we're going to be, be rooting for this. I'm going to be playing your album. You know, I'll be playing little tracks and all that, trying to send people your way to uh to listen to this because this really needs to be heard. This album was excellent. Excellent, Queen. For real, you should feel proud of yourself, the, the work that you produce. So this is that sad part. It's a sad part because we're going to say goodbye. However, I do want to leave my audience. This is that time that I want to leave you with some form of inspiration. Tune in, everybody. Tune in. If you can hear the sound of my voice, I need you to tune in. I need you to understand that today is the day we enact. Today is the day we push forward. We act. We commence. The time for procrastination is over. If you got a dream, if you got a goal, go out and get it. The world will not feel sorry for you. It's up to you and only you to determine your destiny. And if you guys don't know anything, if you don't know anything about me, I want you to know I need you to know that I love you and I hope, I hope you love me too. Peace.